Today I have the, the great pleasure of, uh, of speaking to, to, and now I feel like you're a friend. I feel like you're a friend now. Uh, we've spoken about six, about six or seven times now, and uh, we was actually on an Instagram live together we, with each other about a week and a half, two weeks ago, and uh, I thought it'd be a great idea to get uh, Aaron on the podcast because he talks a lot of sense, and it's about a subject that I is close to my heart. Um, mental health plays a massive role in uh, in where I am today, and where I still try to to get to. So, uh, welcome, Aaron. Thank you very much for having me, mate. Yeah, it's uh, it's a funny one, isn't it? It's it's kind of come out of um, come out of a of a shared passion and a shared interest in mental health and fitness. And and you're right. Yeah, I feel like I feel like now you know. We are not just acquaintances, but we have become friends and we have a lot of common ground, a lot of shared interests. And I think that's really powerful in, in the creation of this friendship that we've got going. Um, and yeah, pleasure to be on your podcast, mate. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no worries. So me and Aaron actually met Aaron. I, didn't, I haven't actually ever met you in person. Well, I don't think I've met you in person. I might have done that body power in 2000 and... That was last year, right? It's 2018. You were there on the stand, right? Yeah. So uh, I might well have done uh, uh, briefly, but without meeting you and knowing who you are. But uh, we we both started talking with each other now. I think roughly around about a year, close to a year ago. I think it was about summertime last year where was, I was. kind of found out about your uh, about your movement, mental health muscle. And uh, it was at a time where I was actually going through a pretty tough time. And like, I kind of reached out to you guys and wanted to see what you're all about and see if yeah. I could jump on board and kind of give some sort of, I don't know, something that I could give to you guys, I guess, and, and you could help me in return. So that's where we kind of first met. And we threw about a couple of messages with each other. And yeah, it's kind of gone from there. And like, for those who are listening, I mean, I'm pretty sure that majority of people will kind of even maybe know of you or, or potentially know of uh, mental health muscle um, yeah. but just give a brief background into kind of like who you are where you come from and why it is that you've decided to kind of go down this route of uh, mental health yeah no problem mate yeah um so let's let's go right back to when my kind of teenage years so i was a military boy um my father was in the military my granddad was in the military and so much of my childhood was uh, me being the man of the house because my old man was away a lot of the time um, and kind of the expectation and the alpha male kind of figure that came with living that lifestyle and living that childhood. Um, and so at the time, I didn't really think about it too much. But I think as the years have gone and I've, I've kind of grown into adulthood, I've, I've recognized myself and through therapy that my childhood has played a huge part in kind of my mental health passions and um, my build up and my makeup of who I am. Um, and when I was 14, um, I was at boarding school at the time because my dad was in the forces and so we were moving around all the time so I, I went to boarding school um, and uh, a, a boy in my year, a good friend of ours, a good friend of mine, um, took his own life and um, suicide then became very real. Um, you know, Luke, Luke was alive one day, the next day he wasn't and everything was back to normal and it wasn't really spoken about, it wasn't really talked about. Um, no one got any kind of uh, grieving support, any any moral support, nothing, you know, it was just like it happened and then it disappeared and we all cracked on. Um, and I think at the time, if it wasn't for my interest in sport, wasn't for my interest in fitness and, and rugby at the time, particularly, um, I may have gone down a very different path having experienced that kind of, that kind of thing. Um, and I guess from there, really, my core has spurred me on to wanting to go on and just giving back and supporting people and, and being there for people because I feel like people aren't there for people as often as they should be. Um, and that led me into a career of sport and supporting people in the local community. Um, finally realised that although I loved my sport and I, although I loved my rugby and was pretty damn good at it, um, my interest lied in, in supporting vulnerable people and working in deprived communities where people really needed that mentorship and that, um, that role model to look up to. So I went into working with really young people, um, particularly those that are young offenders, uh, drugs and alcohol abuse, domestic violence, um, and all of that had a mental health underlying factor. Um, so yeah, to cut a long story short, I, I spent 10 years or so working in that sort of area. Um, and three years ago thought I need to do something with my fitness interests and with the power of fitness on, on mental health and thus mental health muscle was born. Um, I just thought it would be half a dozen boys in the gym to talk about our emotions, cry on each other's shoulders and lift some weight. And within the space of a few weeks, it turned into a hundred people plus event from a local community down in Devon. And I thought, shit, we're onto something here, you know, um, this, this, is, this could be something. I didn't realize the power that the exercise had on so many people's lives, particularly on their mental well-being. 
Um, and then, yeah, two and a half years on, 14,000 people following across the UK, doing workshops, doing events, doing community gatherings, awareness events, body power, uh, fitness expos, you name it, we were involved in all of it. Um, and it's, it's, you know, that, that's kind of where we, we led to. And, and that was really powerful. It wasn't until I had a bit of a mental breakdown myself that I took a step back from mental health muscle as an organization. The movement still very much lives on. It's still very much a, um, a blood in, in people. You know, it's still very relevant for, for thousands of people. Um, but the operational side of things has just taken a step back whilst I get myself back on track and get myself back to where I want to be. And then we'll reassess and go again um, in the near future. for Sure. And how are you with that at the moment? Do you feel like everything's going back to kind of either the way it is or the way it was, or you feel like you're in a better place have, now? Or Yeah, I'm, I'm in a much better place. I, I've been having therapy. Um, I've been working on myself the hardest that I've ever worked on myself before. Um, I've really restructured my life and reprioritized my life and been able to really dig deep and and assess the things that I look back and think, shit, why was I ever doing those things? How did I continue doing those things for so long? Um, and, and I think for me, it was a case of recognizing what's important in my life and, and my values. And I think at times, you know, a huge value for me is family. And although I created a family with mental health muscle, my own family, my, my wife, my daughter, my parents, my brother, my friends, I lost a lot of interaction with because of my passions and my 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 drive to want to take mental health muscle forward so so badly um and really it was doing it anyway and i didn't need to dedicate so much energy and time and mental capacity into that because it was it was happening anyway and um and i think that's what i i came to realize so um I, you know I, i'm still in therapy now uh, i'm still getting some kind of mental coaching just to really dive into all those different aspects that allow me to then set up this new pathway that I'm following. Um, I'm not there completely yet, but I'm, I'm 95% of the way and I feel much better for that. Um, and I think I'm, I'm in a place now where, um, you know, end of this year, perhaps I really want to sit down and speak with big players, including you, Mike, you know, about where we can do and what we can do with mental health muscle and, and where that is moving forward, perhaps, and, and what format that would follow. Because things have got to be very different if it's going to start again, for sure. I know that. I recognise that. Um, and, and, and we'll see where we go, mate. So, um, yeah. So never say never. <laughs> yeah, I think the whole like sort of movement around mental health at the moment, I, like, how, how do you feel? How do you find it? Like, Cut, let's cut all the bullshit because I don't I don't want you to come on this podcast and I don't just want it to be me firing questions at you about your past although I might try and delve a little bit deeper into that and obviously the reasons why you started this but for me like you're a guy I'm a guy right we find it really really hard to and I don't know why we do maybe it's I don't know maybe it's pressure I don't know maybe it's uh social surroundings or whatnot but we find really really hard I found really really hard not so much now but I found really really hard to kind of express myself um even to the people that are kind of you feel that are the closest people to you so for me like I'd like to get a better understanding from people, especially the guys like yourself who are clearly like into fitness, into sport, where we've got this kind of background, which is kind of similar to mine. Like I played sport when I was younger as well. So you come from this kind of laddish, banterish background um, where it's kind of like not so much taken the piss out of, but it's more so it's, it's not anything that you would talk about. Your emotions are something that you would push to one side or push deep down inside of you and you wouldn't express that to anybody else so like coming from coming from that background like a laddish banterish background like have you always been in touch with like your emotions or, or your mental health as such or has it been something in the past that you've kind of pushed under the carpet and yeah, like yeah. left to one it's, side it's a good question mate and i think my answer comes in two parts so my first answer is i don't think until until i i hit university so 18 19 I don't think I fully realized that I had a mental health issue. I don't fully realize that I was able to recognize my difficulties and that the reasons why I did things were because of my, my anxiety, uh, were because of my, my low mood swings. Um, you know what I mean? I, I didn't recognize that I wasn't able because I didn't have the education or the, or the expertise really like I do now to, to identify that that's what it was. So it, I don't think you can hide something that you don't realize you have. So I don't know whether I hid my anxiety, but I don't think topics 
um, conversations were, were 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 started around that topic because maybe for me and for those that I was in my rugby team with and my boys, my bro, my brotherhood, you know, maybe they had those issues too, but didn't speak about it because no one really knew about it. And so oh, you can't hide something. Yeah, everybody has them. Everybody has them. Really? Everybody has some, and it, listen, not everybody has a level of anxiety or a level of depression or some form of mental health that will allow it to impact them on a great level. But to some extent, everybody has those thoughts. Everybody has worries. Everybody has a past. Everybody is worried about the future. And I feel like a lot of people, especially as like young guys, like they, they feel like, and especially nowadays, like for me, when I was growing up, it was kind of like, I, and it's similar to you. Like I had these feelings of anxiety. I had these feelings of like low times and worrying and whatnot, but I didn't know what the fuck they were. I didn't know yeah. what to do about them. I didn't know what the fuck they were. So instead of me talking about it or expressing it to somebody, like I just didn't do that. So like for you, like obviously having something that's happened at a young age, how old were you when your friend took his life? So 14, 14. Okay, so as as a 14 year old kid like run me through that like how like how because for me i couldn't even i couldn't even like at full well i don't know maybe at 14 year old years old i wasn't so uh so innocent but <laughs> i was um <laughs> i was yeah. definitely i definitely don't know if i would have been able to cope cope with uh with one of my friends taking their yeah. own life so yeah. i think like I think how, 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 how did you deal with that like what did it feel like yeah so I think because I go back to the, you know, I'm 14 years old and having never experienced anything like that before. And I think the majority of the people around me had never experienced anything like that before. There was no having to deal with it stage because it just disappeared. Like right. it, that, 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 that's my, that's my kind of metaphoric description of it. Like it was, he was, Do you think that that was my best friend. Do you think that that was subconscious or do you think that that was pushed upon you by somebody else? It was pushed or upon others? us. It was pushed upon us by the school that we were at. Yeah. Right. Because it was kind of a, you know, it was a boarding school. So privately educated um, and, and, and nobody wanted to hear or see that that, that sort of stuff was happening at our school. Yeah. And it's so disgusting. That's mate, absolutely totally. fucking disgusting. Totally. Like, that, see, this is the thing that frustrates me because everybody harps on about mental health and everybody harps on about how we should be more focused. We should be focused on it more because that's how we know like people are impacted by it. Like yeah. it has to start from the fucking core. It has to start from a fucking from a from a child level where we are impressing upon children the the implications and the fucking dangers of what your fucking mental yeah. health means. Like yeah. that needs to that needs to happen. Like yeah. and. Phew, like it's all well and good, like putting out some Instagram posts about like uh, mental health day and, and whatnot and stuff like that. But it's until it's actually like driven into people and from a fucking level of that, because what the fuck? Like we're teaching kids about fucking kings and queens, yeah. like from the, from history. And we're not teaching, we're not teaching kids about what's going on in their own body. And it frustrates me so much. It really, yeah. really does. 15, like, 15 years ago, that was 16 years ago almost mm. 17 years ago I'm 31 this year you know like that's a long time ago and I think that just completely puts into perspective the 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 journey that we've been on particularly in education around mental health and yeah um, and the struggles that kids go through you know back then you know no one no one had ever mentioned the term mental health to me or any of my fellow students you know suicide I'd never said the word suicide in my life before the school had probably never even contemplated that any student would do that. And so it was such a, such a phenomenon that it was, it was almost easier. I feel for that, for that educational setup to just forget about it and deal with it behind closed doors. But I think in doing that, you, you've then completely neglected the effect that that whole episode had on so many students, whether you saw that or not, you know, um, mm. You know, I, I know some of my friends that suffered, you know, way worse than I did. And um, like I say, I, I didn't struggle as much as I could have done because I just wasn't allowed to or, or we weren't allowed to as an establishment because things just continued as normal.
And mm. like I say, you know, it, if it wasn't for that oval ball in my hand or those PE lessons or being at boarding school where you shared bedrooms with your best friends and you constantly had that support, I don't know, I don't know what would have happened. I really don't because, you know, quite frankly, rugby, sport, concentrating on life was a huge was a huge medicine in in forgetting that that ever happened and i and i hate the fact that we were told or or informed to just forget about it but that that is how it was so now 15 years on you know education has changed i see it in my day-to-day job i see schools making a real effort and trying to put mental health at the forefront of their curriculum supporting their students pastoral care that's great and schools are doing these mental health awareness days weeks months they're getting these mental health awards but but that's only a minority of schools in my opinion i know teachers work their ass off to to care for their students and their and their well-being even if they're not asked to by the school or by the headmaster or by the curriculum i know teachers go out of their way to really ensure that they're doing what they can for kids but you know teachers have a mental capacity as well and if they're the only yeah. ones doing that you know we we we're setting ourselves up for for failure we're setting ourselves up for completely burning out that main resource of people that are genuinely caring about the mental health of our students you know yeah i guess it's one i guess like if you think about it um like it's a very british thing Ugh. like to to sweep it under the carpet yeah. to to have a stiff upper lip or to just like suck it up and carry on like it's like where the fuck did that even come from like honestly because it's like, do you know the analogy that I like to give? It's exactly the same as like a fitness entrepreneur or a fitness, I don't know, influencer taking a photo of a fucking treadmill at five o'clock and hashtagging it with all about the grind. I'm yeah. like, do me, just do me a favor and fuck off, mate. Like it's yeah. bullshit. And yeah, like, if I'm like, I'll call it out all day long and it's this, exactly the same. It's like this stiff, this stiff upper lip or this suck it up mentality is the reason why the fuck we're here in the first place. Yeah. So I think people would be so better off served if we just express it more. And the only way that you can express it more is to talk about it more. And the only way that you can talk about it more is to have platforms and levels there that are going to allow you to do it. Yeah. I think, I think a lot of it derives from um, our traditions and as a country for, for hundreds of years, we've been particularly if I'm, if I put my focus on men and mental health and talking about wellbeing and how they feel emotionally, we have lived in a, in a male dominant world for so very long. And, yep. and that, that, that kind of facade and that mask that males have worn for so long and that confusion around what really is an alpha male, you know, and really what is being a, um, a man has been so, so confused um, and, and, and has not allowed anyone really, particularly men, to talk about mental health in the way that we, we should be. You know, we talk about physical health quite, quite happily and quite openly. You know, you break your leg, then we talk about, I broke my leg. Ha, ah, we laugh about it. You'll be all right. You get a cast on, you'll be fine. But when we talk about mental health, it's just, it's just this complete like barrier, this wall that comes up that, that stops people talking about it. And I, and I think that is a huge part of it for me is those traditions and those years gone by that have kind of produced this, um this incapability of of talking about our mental health um i know females are are better at talking about their mental well-being but you know there's still females out there that struggle to talk about how they're feeling emotionally is that because they've come from male dominant families who are very traditional and very archaic in their ways and their approach to mental well-being so they just don't talk about it perhaps is it because they um they have a high-flying job and they feel that they can't talk about it because it shows a weakness, regardless of whether you're male or female. If you're in a high profile job and you feel deep down that talking about your mental well-being to your line manager or your boss or your colleagues could lose you your job, then what the hell do you do? Yeah, it's like, I, I understand you fully. And it's, it, it, females, they definitely do suffer with it like 110 percent like i know i have friends i have past uh relationships where i i have a full understanding that females suffer from anxiety depression any form of mental health just as much as what guys do yeah but the difference is i feel like females in general 
are more open to talk about things, are more to open to talk about their emotions. Like for a female, I think, and this isn't me, me, me being judgmental at all, and like I, I'm fully aware that there are probably some females out there that would uh, think completely differently. But for me, like if a female knows and sees the signs of her having some form of anxiety or some form of mental health, they wouldn't find it as daunting to reach out to somebody to help them as much as what a guy would. Like yeah. you, you spoke upon that you're, you have, and you currently are going through some form of like help. So you're seeing somebody right now. Yeah. Like for me, that would scare the shit out of me. <laughs> that would scare the absolute shit out of me. But to be fair, it wouldn't scare the shit out of me. It would, it would make me feel probably funnily enough, it would make me feel a little bit anxious. <laughs> but the, the main thing that I would be questioning as I'm a big, big, big person that will question things all the time would be, does this person have the ability to be able to understand my fucking brain? And I yeah. don't think that anybody does. I don't think that there's anybody in the fucking world that can understand what's going inside my brain because I'm the only one who has it in my head. Yeah. So like, how, how are you finding that? Or how did you find um, reaching out to somebody, I guess, and, yeah. and taking, taking, the, taking that jump or that leap of faith? As, as you well know, when I, talk, when I spoke to you at the end of last year, when, when I was going for a really tough time, you know, I, I, didn't think, I didn't think at any moment before that time that, I, that any therapy or anyone else could ever help me because I, I was confident in my own ability. I was confident in my own knowledge and I was confident in my own self-management. When I hit that wall in October last year, I, I firmly realized that I couldn't do this alone. And, I, and that wasn't needing support from my family and friends. That was support from someone that could get inside my brain in a professional and whatever way that they do. Um, I, I went to my first session uh, quite, quite anxious, as you, as you rightly described. You know, I was, I was a little bit anxious. I was a little bit apprehensive about how that would actually work. But my God, mate, when I came out of it and we discussed half a dozen things that I'd never even touched upon in my life, never even spoken about before to anyone really about how mm. I truly felt deep down and all that kind of underlying emotion and, and, and reason as to why I was like I was and had been for many, many years. I, I, I just, I honestly, mate, I just turned into putty in her hand and, and, really? that, and, and, and for the first time I felt, I felt right rejuvenated. I felt like refreshed. I felt, I felt like I was wiping, wiping a, a clean slate a little bit, you know, not, not ridding of who I was, but able to really pick out and, and kind of um, build up those blocks again and really see all those different elements that, that collectively made me who I was and, and, and made me do the things that I've been doing for so long. Um, you know, four or five sessions in, I feel like I feel like they are they are really valuable, um, and I almost like I'm disappointed in myself that that even before I needed this, I didn't actively go and get someone else to ch check in with me and my brain. It's like it's almost like it's a part of me that I feel is so important now, and and there's so much value in that one hour session that that bef I it, things could have been different if I'd have utilized that resource much earlier on, but I didn't feel like I needed to because. I hadn't hit that wall yet, but my fucking God, when I hit that wall, I hit that wall as hard as you like. And that yeah. was only then when I realized that, that I couldn't do this alone. And it wasn't family and friends I needed because I had that. I had amazing support network. I needed someone to get a spade and dig right into my skull and, and dig all of that out, you know? Yeah. Do you think that, uh, do you think that that's what it, it, that's what it took? Because it, did, what did you come away with? That's my, that would be my question. Like, did you come away with a solution or did you come away with an answer or have you come away with an answer of how you can tackle day to day, just natural living yeah, and be able really to have, have more tools now, I guess, to be able to, to withstand when you feel like you're kind of dipping down into one of those yeah. bad days. Like, yeah. or do you think that they've actually given you the reasons why you feel a certain way yeah that's for me it's the latter that you've just said there okay. so it's kind of the you know we talk people talk about when they're diagnosed with a mental illness and they're not just guessing that things can change and, and with a diagnosis you get that closure and you can accept and, and kind of work with it i guess that's but for the same me, thing. 
what's what's the diagnosis? What like so I what are they? Had, I haven't had a diagnosis. I'm just. I guess I'm just using that metaphorically in this sense that mm. someone was able to give me the reason as to why I could perhaps be feeling the way I feel and why I felt right. like that for so long. Um, and it is a strange, strange feeling, but it's strangely empowering as well because when someone tells you something about something that happened 15 years ago, but they didn't know you at all 15 years ago, but you feel like they've traveled with you on that journey to where you are now from 15 years ago. It's really, yeah. it's really strange, mate. It's really odd. Um, like they, they, like my, my counselor, she just gets it. She just understands it and she can, she can tell me the next thing that I'm about to think before I've even thought it. It is so, so strange. So strange. That's it's like, spooky. yeah, it is. It is. <laughs> and what, how, how she does that, I don't know. Um, you know, it's very relaxed. It's very uh, therapeutic. Like, like the conversation is very therapeutic. Um, I'm all about kind of mindfulness, as you know. And, and I feel very mindful when I'm in that, when I'm in that bubble with her and yeah she, she she just picks like tiny little tiny little things out and like then stretches them out and then you can it's so so odd um but but it's valuable and and i and i don't fully understand how it works if i'm honest but it is working and so for me it's something that i i want to continue with particularly getting me back to full capacity but also for my kind of mindset growth moving forward as well, you know, to be able to have that to, to connect with at, at points, um, I think is valuable for me. And, I, and I'm certainly going to utilize that moving forward, regardless of me getting back to full whack. I'm still going to have that element to my, to my makeup, I think, moving forward. So, so what, are, what are some of the things that, that you would go through on, on, on one of the sessions? Would there be a lot of questions and answers or would there be a lot of, uh, trying to figure out what it is that's actually going on and where the the kind of root cause comes through, or is is it is it a linear approach? Is it is it a, you kind of go with the flow? Because I've I've seen um, I've seen three people, so I've seen three. I wouldn't say they're all counselors. I've seen one counselor, or I've seen actually, sorry, I've seen two counselors, and I've seen uh, one alternative therapist. And when I talk about alternative therapists, I mean along the lines of kind of like a spiritual healer. Yeah. And for me, all three of them, as much as I wouldn't take anything away from them, and I would all I would say that they are very skilled at what they do, they weren't the right person for me. I didn't get a connection with them. I didn't feel like I got a good enough or a deep enough connection with them to be able to really kind of dig deep and even allow them to to go much further. So the spiritual healer that I actually went to see we ended up speaking for an hour and a half, close to two hours. And she was asking me a lot, a lot of questions, a lot about my past, a lot about my history, a lot about what are things that I kind of feel are holding me back or some of the yeah. things that I feel fearful for in the future. And I came away from that kind of not knowing anything else about myself than what I already knew. And there were like some points where I was like, I was actually telling her her stuff about her field, <laughs> her field of work about spiritualism and faith and stuff like that. And for me, I came away from it. And as much as I really, really enjoyed the session, I kind of felt a little bit, um, a little bit deflated. And that's hence why I haven't really ever seen anybody else yeah. since then, because I feel like almost like what qualifies what qualifies you to be able to to dig deep into my head and, and if you can get deep, deep deep into my head like do you actually even want to fucking be there <laughs> yeah 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 that, absolutely and i think i think for me I, I got you know i've had i've had several sessions now but it was only the first two that i came away from feeling feeling very um very inspired and very um aware of of things i think i think what i'm trying to say is they were the most powerful sessions so the first few sessions were, were the really really powerful ones and they were the ones that i'd never i'd never been exposed to ever before anything like that you know i've never sat down in a room with pretty much a stranger who can get inside my head so quickly and right. and give me answers to things that that I've been searching for, for answers for, for so many years, really, you know, um, yeah. but the, the kind of third, third session onwards, I, I guess it became, like you said, 
I, I started speaking more about things that weren't just about me. So we started just having conversations about feelings and sometimes mental health and my family and, and the impact that perhaps that's had on me or, or my life and how that's impacted on me. It wasn't so much her getting inside my head. It was her just being with me inside my head rather than right. digging, rather than digging. Yeah. yeah. If I can describe it that way, maybe that makes more sense. So instead of, instead of getting into it and, and digging the shit out of it to f try and find some answers for me, I felt like we were on par and we were working together in my head to, to just have a conversation around those topics and around those emotions that I've been feeling for so long. Um, so I, you know, at, at this moment in time, I say I'd like to continue with these sessions, but there may come a point and, and a part of me feels like there will be where I, I get back to that point where I don't need this anymore because I'm not getting anything more out of it. You've done your job. However long it took you to do that, it, it's happened. You, you've helped me make that step forward. I don't feel like there's a real value anymore with me doing these things, but my God, thank you for, thank you for helping me get to where I am right now. Yeah. Maybe that, maybe that is coming. I feel, I feel like that could come. I think it will do inevitably at any, at any level you're going to feel like, and it's almost like some form of mentorship, you know, it's almost like some, it's like, or an apprenticeship, if you like, yeah. like you go to see someone who's, uh, who has more skill set than you in a specific field and you take what they they are teaching you I guess and then once you've learned it it's kind of like well thank you very much like I've taken what I need from you now and then you kind of move on it's not necessarily a bad thing I think it's a good thing um, how do you think that um, hormonal response affects mental health because we talk a lot of the time about people trying to express their feelings a lot and, and talk more and it's all well and good going to see somebody like a counsellor or going to speak with friends or families and try to express about what you're actually feeling at any given time. But like I said to you before about how, how can they kind of almost give you a diagnosis for you feeling a specific way? Like, is that because I'm answering a string of questions that they have on a piece of paper and they're ticking boxes and then they assume that me having X amount of ticks and X amount of bo boxes equates to me having... I don't know, yeah. depression or anxiety or any form of mental health whatsoever, or yeah. are they actually going down the route of saying, okay, let's actually look at your physiological makeup, actually what's going on inside of you and seeing if that's having any form of impact on the way that you're actually thinking, feeling, or just your day-to-day, -day, like kind of going about life. Yeah. I, we, we've never touched, or my, my counselors never touched on, on those internal things, not yet anyway. So they've never really been, um, a factor in in our discussions um, what has been a factor in our discussions is kind of um, my my makeup and 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 why I do things like I do but but less around trying to find a reason for the anxiety trying to find a reason for my low moods but just a, an analysis and a discussion around all the different things that have happened in my life that could be a precursor yeah. to the way I feel about things and the way things have been um, I think I think that's more so the thing. I mean, I, I'll be I'll be totally honest, but I've had several blood tests with different coaches over the years, and I, I have naturally low testosterone levels. And um, play a massive, just for anybody huge, out there who's who's listening, it will play a massive, massive role in your overall mental health. Yeah, yeah, and I've and I've been to the doctors uh, several times, and because I've had a child yeah wait for this because i've had a child and my levels have been low all my life that's mm. normal for me and they're not going to okay. do anything to support me they're not going to do just anything to help me through trt or medical forms at the gp just out of interest when you had a had a test do you do you remember or can you recall what levels your your testosterone yeah so at? um what was it three three years ago i did a coaching program with um rick from strom he he okay. i did a blood test then um and yeah. my levels were at 4.8 oh mate i've trumped you on that so i had a blood test i had a blood test uh oh shit it was in the back end of last not last year the year before so it's like back end of like 2000 2018 yeah. uh, i had a blood test and they came in at like <laughs> 2.1 or something fucking wow. ridiculous so i went into this and i'll be fully open and honest. i don't give a fuck like i'll talk about it openly honestly uh, anyone but i i went into this guy and I, I decided to go and see a specialist because i didn't want to go down the route of nhs i didn't want to go down the route of just going to my gp because yeah. they would just 
follow their protocol they wouldn't really give a fuck about me like not saying that they don't give a fuck but it's just another number right i'm just another guy that comes in so they'll go through the procedures with me and they won't necessarily have anybody there who's kind of a specialist in the field of this so i decided to reach out to somebody to go and see a specialist have a lot of blood work done and when i went in and we we took uh we went in i went in got the blood taken and really actually really really quick like i had the results back that evening which was fucking amazing and i was so fucking anxious about that like so anxious like i hadn't had my blood tested. i think the previous time i had my blood tested from that was i think going back to like 2015 2014 2015 and at that point like my training protocols were completely different i was more so uh like uh circuit-based training like i was really really focused on like my my overall overall cv health like how how fit and healthy i was and then obviously i went down the route of right okay so now i'm i'm, I'm happy but i want to try and put on a bit more muscle so then my training protocols took a took a step back i didn't do so much cv and i was just lifting more weights because i just wanted to add more muscle so it got to a point where i was like i just felt like shit absolute fucking shit so i went and see this guy he took my blood got my tests back the next day uh sorry that evening which i, I was really really fucking anxious about because like you just don't know. Like I didn't, I didn't, I didn't really have a full, full understanding of what they were testing me for. I didn't, I didn't know what they were going to come back with. Like in, in in the back of my head, like I feel a lot of people do before, or even if they are anxious about doing blood tests in general, they're kind of like, oh, what are they going to tell me? They're going to tell me that I'm dying. They're going to tell me that I've got some form of like disease or something, and that I'm not <laughs> going to be able to cure, and I'm going to be dead, and all these fucking thoughts start going through my mind. And it took me a long, long time to to get the balls to go and get a fucking blood test. So I went and got this blood test done and they got the results back and I went in and sat with him and he was like, yeah, your, your testosterone levels are low. And I was like, oh, okay. All right. And he was like, and I was like, how low? And he was like, well, they're sitting at this number. And he was like, do you have like libido? Like, are you sexually active? Like, how are you feeling? Like, I was like, funny enough I do actually wake up and fucking hard on still and he looked at me and he was like buddy if I'm honest I'm surprised he was like your testosterone levels are so low that he's and he was like no wonder you feel like shit no wonder your fucking head's all over the fucking place yeah so uh I jumped on like a TRT replacement um testosterone replacement therapy uh for like six weeks six to eight weeks after that he took me through a protocol with that and I, like I shit you not like I don't know if it was placebo or whatever but like that day he, he he put a shot in me of testosterone he also put a shot in me of HCG uh, and he also put a shot of vitamin B uh, B12 complex yeah all, all in me all at once and I walked out of there and I was like it was almost like it was almost like a scene of where I walked out onto the street and there was like clouds in the sky and then the clouds suddenly just went moved yeah. from left to right and the fucking sunshine just beamed down to my face i was like fuck me like yeah. what the fuck is going on why do Almost i feel like i actually feel fucking happy like what the fuck is going on so yeah. i think a lot of people and nobody wants to touch upon it and this is kind of some of the things and the reasons why i kind of wanted to speak to you as well because obviously you're a you're a big affiliate of like mental health but let's talk about everything like it's not just the case of yeah, what's yeah. going on in your head and getting it out it's also what's going on in your fucking body absolutely so, mate. And, and you know what on, on the subject of testosterone I, I firmly believe that for for many men and it's quite a common thing i've been low test you know it's it, it is a huge factor in in people not being able to talk about their mental health because of mm-hmm. the because of because of the reasons you know, their, their low test is a result of um sorry their mental health is a result of their low test levels and 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 they don't want to make everyone know that that is one of the biggest reasons as to why they're struggling mentally Mm. um you know for me uh i i have to i know there's a step forward for me i need to go to a specialist so like you did you know i'm not getting anywhere with my gps and you know i'll put my hands up and say the nhs is wonderful and we're fucking grateful for them at this moment in time and will forever be but they're not doing anything for me. I keep getting rejected because it's normal for me. And I've had a little girl and that's the only thing they keep saying to me, you've had a kid, so you can't be low that low, you know, and that's not acceptable. I need, I need to change that because I know that if I took test TRT, whatever you want to call, 
um, any therapy for tests, you know, I, I would, I would see huge, huge benefits like you did. And I think I would witness that cloud moving and the sun shining down. Like you did. You definitely would. And I think, uh, like I can drop you after this, I'll drop you the guys, the guys details. Appreciate it, yeah. Like he's here. I know you're in Devon and he's like around my way, but yeah. And I mean, it's, it's one of those things, like it costs, it costs a fair whack for me to go and see him and then for me to go through the protocol as well. But to be honest, like, how how much is it worth to you yeah i think that took a lot of time about fitness and stuff and how uh majority of people if they drive they drive a car they get it serviced they get it mit they get to yep. make sure the oil's topped up the airs are pumped up with air like the water's in there like you're constantly checking these things it doesn't even matter how old that fucking car gets you still, still take it. it through those protocols and you why don't you do that with your fucking body like do it with your fucking body and i think that plays that will play a massive massive role in majority of people and i know they're more uh advanced than uh than we are in the states and i think they actually have majority of specialists that will actually go in and they will test every single hormone and they will see the balances between different hormones and it to me that makes sense to me it mm-hmm. makes sense to go in get my blood work checked see if i have any imbalances from any specific hormones and then just top it up and then see how you feel. Like, yeah. I think I think people in general, if the two pieces of advice that you can take from this kind of, uh, this podcast would be one, uh, speak more about how you're fucking feeling and reach out and don't be scared to go and, to go and speak, and speak with people. And also go and get your fucking bloods tested because we're talking about mental health muscle, right? So majority of people in the fitness industry I'm not saying the majority of people, but it's very, very clear if you've been in the fitness industry for long enough that a lot of people, they do use substances. They do put uh, external things into their body, external hormones into their body. And like as much as I am always going to be the type of guy that will turn around and say, look, it's down to that person. Like whoever wants to do that, do that. Um, just have an understanding that if you are putting that shit in, then somewhere down the line, something else is going to become imbalanced. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, once it becomes imbalanced, then that's when it starts playing havoc on your fucking mental health. Yeah, it's just getting that all-round package, in, isn't it? You know, it's 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 looking after yourself as as a complete well-being focus, and and you know, many elements play a part in our well-being, not just our physical, but our our internal systems and and how we're feeling cognitively and what's going on up here. And I, and I think those those three things, you know, uh, internal health, mental health, and physical health, all have to be encompassed in that in that looking after ourselves, like you say you wouldn't you wouldn't uh, mot a car and forget to do the tires and the and the oil engine and the, you know you just don't forget to do that so we have to treat no. our bodies the same yeah for sure <clears throat> and let me just touch upon quickly about you said before about when you uh went to see this this specialist or this counselor that she kind of made you realize like who it was who you actually are or what it is that's made you like into the person that you are now like who is that like if, if you could explain if if you had if so i'm going to ask you two questions and i don't really like going down the route of asking questions but these two questions are pretty good and i like to ask these questions for a lot of people so question question number one question number one would be if you had to describe yourself in three words what are the three words that you would describe yourself as uh so the first word would be giver Mm-hmm. And I mean that in the most general sense possible. Um, you know, I, <laughs> He's a giver, not a taker. He's a giver, not a taker. <laughs> yeah, I, um, I love to give back, mate. Um, and I, I just want to ensure that I can do everything I can to support other people, regardless of what they're going through. Um, that's a huge value of mine is to give back and is to support people where support isn't available for them elsewhere. Um, the other one is... Uh, I think I think is educator you know I, I like to I like to educate people and I like to give people life experience and um and and my knowledge and, and and if that can help change something in their life and empower them to make a change in their life to for a put more positive pathway then that's 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 what I like to do I, I'm, I'm a huge believer in education and understanding and awareness and and how all of that collectively can can change can change a perspective and change um someone's life um i think coming from the people that i've worked with particularly who are in really vulnerable and and desperate positions in 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 their in their life and in their journeys um i've always seen what i'm able to give 
most of the time we have a real benefit on people uh, and so yeah. i want to keep doing that you know that's, that's important to me um and third one um I'm, I'm a family man mate and coming back to your question about the therapist and and how did she make me see who i truly am you know i am a family man mate and and it doesn't matter how driven i am in business how i am driven in my career um i'm a family boy and i and i come from a very family orientated family and um and i can't i can't i can't forget that um but i did i did truly forget that you know i wanted to believe that i was doing those things and i was being the family man i was being the great husband and i was being the great father to a a newborn beautiful daughter but i wasn't mate i wasn't i wasn't doing those things and so it was it was very very quickly that my therapist reminded me that that I, I I was that family man, and that for for any for no reason at all, I, I should get back to being that family man as quickly as possible because that that's me, that's Aaron Clark, you know. Um, I I love people, and I and I and I, guys, it's tough, you know. I I I I get so enraveled in in loved ones and important people, and mm. and I stopped doing that. I can't believe that I forgot that I was doing that, and so it was really important that I got back to it. Do you think that you take on other people's issues? Yes, mate. But I've always done that. Do you um, think that you actually feel it on a visceral level? Do you think if uh, someone comes to you who's either close to you or maybe not so close to you and comes to you and says, listen, Aaron, I'm really going through a tough time, uh, sits down with you, explains to you their circumstances, do you think that you can feel it? Do you think that you can empathise with it? Yeah, yeah, I can. And, on a different always... level to what a lot of people, a lot of other people can't. Yeah, yeah. I um, I think for 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 very for a very long time since since my early days working with you know vulnerable, hard to reach people, I've I've had this bucket, and I describe this kind of bucket of of everyone else's problems, and and you fill up that bucket, and and so often every so often you hit a point where that bucket's starting to overflow, um, and I'm so I'm so consumed and so overwhelmed with everyone else's problems and everyone else's issues and, and the desire to want to change those issues and change those problems into solutions that I forgot about myself. And so, yes, I, I think I totally unraveled myself in everyone else's issues because I, I neglected myself so much that those everyone else's issues were the only ones who were really important at the time. Um, and mm. I think I'm learning really quickly and have been doing for the last six months on this kind of, um change that i'm going through um that that i need to start focusing on me as well and and that my emotions are important because you can't help anybody else if you're not in a good place to even help yourself you know i've no, got to be in a yeah. good place <clears throat> i think that's probably one of the truest things that they ever say and without trying to sound too cliche and everyone barks on about it a lot of the time but one of the first things they tell you to do when you're on the airplane is you take the oxygen mask yeah. first you don't give it to the person who you're with or the yeah. child who say for instance who you're with and like i know it sounds cliche but it is one of those things like unless you have your things in check to the point where you feel you're in control or not so much in control but you're in as best control as what you can yeah. then it doesn't it, it doesn't necessarily matter because you're not going to be able to help anyone yeah um what do you what do you think is going on right now buddy what, what's what's going on in the fucking world like the whole corona fucking covid19 hype like yeah. what's going on yeah i think for me it's a it, it's an experience it's a time it's a period that for 99 percent of the population we've never been on and we've never experienced we've never seen we've never been involved with and so the unknown for most people scares the shit out of people you know not knowing what's coming not knowing what this thing is really um getting unraveled in fake news and and worldwide do you think it's fake, well, think it's fake? I, I don't think coronavirus is fake. No, I, I, I've said a few times over the last few weeks, I, I think I sit on the fence because, mm. um, because I don't really like to, to play guessing games, but I'm, I'm pretty confident this thing is legit and that, it's, and that it's, it is a worldwide issue, just like, just like the famine was, just like, you know, it, it's, things like this happen, mate. And, yeah. um, and, and I think it's just that because no one's experienced it before, it, it, it kind of 
amplifies the situation and makes things you know much worse than perhaps they are and i don't mean that dis disrespectfully i just mean that no one's experienced this kind of confinement before no one's experienced this kind of impact on their life before you know when that option and that opportunity to go and do whatever the fuck you want whenever you want disappears you know that's that's terrifying mate we are all in our homes or 95 percent of the population are in our homes not being able to do 80 percent of the things that we do day to day you know that's yeah. terrifying when someone tells you that that's the only thing you can do and that and that choice and that access to everything else disappears that's really really frightening um so yeah i i just i just think we just need to battle down the hatches and and do what we're being told mate as well you know we we're, we're, we're going to be in this thing for a long time if people don't adhere to what we're being told to do you know i, I don't want to see part, us in this mm, longer part, part of me agrees with that like part of me really, really does agree with that. And I know I'm going to probably say something now that will probably ruffle a few feathers, but you know me, like I don't give a fuck, I just say it. <laughs> so I agree with that. Wholeheartedly agree that if we are being told that we should be doing a specific thing, then if that's coming from a valuable source, then yeah, of course I'm going to listen to it. And of course I'm going to yeah. take it on board. But me being the sort of person who always asks questions, I'm kind of like, okay, so give me the options. Like, what are the actual options? Because you're telling me in the beginning stages of this in the UK, and we'll talk about the UK because we're in the UK, in the beginning stages when we got told that we were going to be put into isolation, they told us that we we're going to be in isolations for, for roughly around about three weeks. Yeah. They knew that wasn't the fucking case. Yeah. They knew yeah. that wasn't the case. They knew that we wouldn't be in isolation for three weeks. They knew that it was going to go move on and you'd probably be more likely to be eight to ten weeks that we're going to be in isolation. So why the fuck are you telling me that we're going to be in isolation for three weeks? Yeah. Like, you know that. Like, and these are the questions that I would put forward. And because, yeah, I know and I understand. I understand full-heartedly the reasons why we're in isolation. I understand it because it... It, it's it's supposed to it's supposed to flatten the curve. It's supposed to put less stress on the NHS. But we're talking about a fucking government that didn't give a fuck about the NHS. Yeah. Before all this shit fucking kicked off, the government didn't give a fuck about the NHS. They were cutting numbers. The NHS yeah. don't get paid fuck all. And now all of a sudden, because they're the only people that can help in this fucking crisis, you're fucking kissing their ass. Yeah. And it frustrates the fuck out of me. And I just start asking questions. Okay, so, all right, you're, you're telling us that the best route of call for this is for us to all battle down the hatches and kind of just suck it up. And I'm kind of like, is that the actual fucking answer? Yeah. And when you start researching this fucking virus more and you start researching what the fuck's going on, yeah, there's a lot of conspiracy theories out there, but there is a lot of fucking specialists out there that's saying this whole isolation thing is not the fucking best route to go down. And I understand why they're doing it because of the NHS or because of healthcare in whatever countries that it is that are uh, going through this fucking crisis. I understand that's the reason why. But from a from an actual logistical point of view, like this is going to fuck people massively. And oh, it's yeah. not even just a case of like we're talking about like losing jobs and what. Like it is going to fucking fuck people. And I think what they're what they're not doing a good job of is giving people hope and giving people uh, a clear vision and i understand that a lot of people don't know that there's a clear vision right now but what they're not doing is they're not giving people hope and they're not give, they're not uh, talking about subjects that will help people not only through this time but help them at the fucking end of it because what does happen if like isolation gets lifted what ha what does happen when people haven't got any fucking jobs like yeah. If, if if can you imagine that imagine if 85 percent of the population don't have a fucking job like yeah. where the fuck what, what the fuck's going to happen there's going to be yeah. riots there's going to be mass riots there's going to be it's all going to fucking kick off so stop talking this is like me in general stop talking in the media about the fucking deaths stop talking about because the minute you fucking click on the news all they're talking about is the death rate all they're talking about is how many people have died in this country how many people have died in this country and it becomes this fucking like this this competition it's almost yeah. like okay so our country's got this many deaths your country's got this many deaths and like everybody knows that you you have the potential like some people have the potential to die from this disease like that's cool and why don't you start talking about things that we can do to fucking make a positive impact on this on this whole situation rather than just talk about the negative because for me it feels very much like there's a lot of fucking fear mongering going on there's lots of fucking fear being oppressed upon people and when when you start looking at that from that perspective there's always going to be people that in this these situations are going to 
vastly fucking take something good out of it. Yeah, yeah. If it's anything to do with money or whatever you want to think of it in that way. So yeah, mate, um, I hear you. It, it just frustrates me. You can probably tell it in the tone of my voice, but it, it just frustrates me. <laughs> Yeah, I hear you. I hear what you're saying, and there's a lot of validity to what you're saying for sure. You know, it's. I think we've got to be. We've got to have a government that that starts seeing things a bit more solution focused and problem focused, because, like you say, the bulk the bulk of the information we're getting and the bulk of the the um, like every five o'clock, you know, every day at five o'clock, you know, majority of the conversation is the things that that are going um, bad or or the or the numbers or the deaths or or the things that we can't do. Let's start focusing on the things that we can do. And when that starts coming from central government, you know, the things we are able to do um, and, and a bit of hope and a bit of positive kind of foresight of what's going to be coming in the coming weeks, I think will be much, will be much more appreciated. And I agree with you there. I think, I think, but, but do we live in a world where positivity or do we live in a country really where positivity is what people want to talk about? No. People want to talk about doom and gloom and shit and rubbish and, and all the bad things that happen, you know, that's, that's society. That's the norm for society. You know, like we talk about online, you know, do people want to praise people for doing good stuff? Nobody cares. Everybody just wants to slate and troll people for doing all the wrong things. You know, yeah. it's ingrained. It's ingrained in, in, in so many people's lives, majority of people's lives. It's the, what can we do to call someone out? What can we do to talk negatively about something? Or what, what criticism can we talk about today? You know, what, what bad things can we talk about today? That's, what, that's the society we live in. It's because people are bored, mate. People mate. are bored. Because they haven't got a fucking clue what to do with themselves. They don't even, yeah. half the time, majority of people don't even know who the fuck they are. They're just, they're, they're confined to this fucking... And I hope, I hope, I hope, I hope that one of the positive things that comes out of this is that people have the understanding that even if you think you're in a secure position with a, a secure job, then that can be taken away from you in a fucking exactly. heartbeat. So you Absolutely. might as well. And I actually listened to uh, to uh, Jim Carrey fucking uh, um, motivational speech this morning, and he's in one in one of his speeches. He said, if you if you can fail at something that you don't like, you might as well fail at doing something that you do like. Yeah. So I hope that one of the positives that people can take out of this is nothing is fucking secure. So you might as well take a fucking chance and do something that you actually fucking like doing. Yeah. Um, because majority of people, they just go along, plod along in a nine to five, nine to five job. They come home, they sit down, they watch the fucking TV, which is just, in my opinion, it's just things that people want you to see. Like the main, yeah. mainstream media is just exactly what they want you to fucking see. And yeah. that's it at the end of the day. They've just controlled you into a fucking box. And it's almost like all of these little minions that are going around and doing all these different things. And it's almost like they don't have any fucking capacity to think about anything else other than fucking uh, Love Island or, or fucking EastEnders uh, or something like that. So yeah. when people get bored, they start fucking looking on the negative things. So I yeah. think if in general, if people can just work on being uh, being more productive in expanding your fucking brain capacity then i think we would be in a better place yeah i agree and i think just before we wrap up mate it's it's mm. i talked about the other day about like normal and what is normal and you know people keep talking about returning to normal but i think for a lot of people return when we return to whatever normal is it will look very very different you know yeah. it, it will look very very different indeed i don't think normal is um it's going to be the same for anyone um, and, and yeah. sooner we start to realize that and accept that and plan plan for a different normal then mm. i think people will be able to to deal with the changes the changes that are, have come and the changes that are going to continue to come uh, as we get out of this thing you know i think i think the that normal term is a whole a whole day's worth of discussion you know what what is normal <laughs> for people i mean what the hell is normal to anybody anymore you know it, yeah, it's just exactly. not like that is it so no, I think yeah, you're, you make a valid valid point there. I think normal is the only normal comes from you just living a life of what you're accustomed to. That yeah. is your norm. There's a whole new, whole new world out there. There's a whole fucking galaxy out there that we fucking don't know about. So yeah. and at the end of the day, we are just a fucking tiny little fucking speck. We're a fleck of dust in a fucking vast fucking escape of nothingness. Yeah. So in general, I think people would probably uh, be better served just to have a better understanding of that. 
Agreed. Totally agree. Anyway, man, it was a great pleasure to have you on. I'm going to wrap things up there. Um, it was probably not like any other podcast that you've kind of probably been on before. We like to talk about some fucking cool shit, but uh, <laughs> I like to go outside the box. I like to dig a little bit deeper. Um, just for the guys that are listening there, if you could give one tip about how that they could become the, the, the greatest version of themselves. Um, one tip. That's all you get. What would you yeah. suggest? Uh, one tip. Um, to believe in ourselves, to believe in ourselves. I think there's so many things that can knock people's self-confidence and self-worth and belief in themselves. And um, that, that kind of understanding of what they're truly capable of in life. And I think if you keep, you keep trusting who you are and keep trusting that you can do things regardless of what it is, um, I, think, I think we go a long way to, to achieving the best in ourselves and, and becoming the best people that we can be. I can love that, buddy. Awesome one. Take care. It's been a pleasure speaking to you, mate. And uh, I'm sure we'll I'm sure we'll get another one of these in soon and put the work to rights. Top work. <laughs> Cheers, brother. Thank you. No worries.